Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents Uh-oh. Sports Talk Saturday. Don't tell me. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. On WGR. <laughs> Sports Radio 550. Welcome to the least prepared show of your Buffalo sports media. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer here with you for just an hour. This is a shoot from the hip show. There's no real show prep. I'm figuring, hey, why not? We've got to fill some time before Brian Koziel, Paul Hamilton, Pat Malacaro take over from Key Bank Center with the Sabres taking on the Blues this afternoon at 1 o'clock. Pre-game starts at 12. What do we do from here? Ah, well, we kill some time, we fill some time, and we figure that out. Why? Because Sports Talk Saturday has pretty much been moved to tomorrow with a special edition Sports Talk Sunday, 11 to 2. We'll talk plenty more, of course, about the big game, um, 49ers, Chiefs. How big is it really for us here? Like, does anyone really care about this game? Um Around here, I don't know. That's uh, I'm asking you all that rhetorically. We're going to go more in depth about that tomorrow. I don't really care about football right now. The NFL honors was stupid. I got called a dink. Like Thursday was this magnificent dumpster fire. Like Stefan Diggs, more loss in translation going on there. We'll talk more about all of that crap and madness and mayhem tomorrow. That's a tomorrow problem. I'm not worried about that today. I'm not worried about that because of the simple fact of. I don't want to have another headache. I don't want to have a headache all weekend. I just want to, I just want to have it for one day. And what am I doing today? My stupid butt is going to the Sabres game. So maybe I will get another headache. I don't know. I'm not smart. We've all gone over this. But yeah, no. We're just the NFL voters yet yeah, back on Thursday. Awful. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Um Chiefs and 49ers. Awful matchup. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But you know what's not awful for tomorrow's show? And this is me being a promoter and more of just like, hey, you know, I'm better at promoting things than uh, than myself. Uh, Del Reed will be joining us to start the show tomorrow from Vegas as he was there as a uh, as the Bills fan of the year and someone that while I do think should have won the NFL Fan of the Year, Tom Grassi's great, by the way. Um, if you have a chance to ever go to YouTube and check out his content, <laughs> I'm not mad at who beat Dell out. He, hearing the story, I can't be upset about it. 
but at he's the also time, genuinely was, entertaining. Yeah, but at the time I was like, Del Reed, Del Reed should have won. In my maybe I'm, because we're I'm a homer. We're biased. Yeah, we're, we're Bills I'm a fans. Homer, and also this is like the guy that kind of invented the phrase Bills Mafia. I'm hoping that there is a significant ending to a uh, to a mission that he has out there in Las Vegas, and. Uh, and I hope that he has success with this because there could be a fun full circle moment to Bill's Mafia in in Las Vegas this weekend. So we'll talk to Dell tomorrow. We'll also do a tradition that we've had anytime we've done the local Super Bowl pregame show. Mark Schofield will join us. And my question to all of you, I'm going to give you all 24 hours to think about this is um, what's the most ridiculous food you could bring to a Super Bowl party? That, that is an answer for tomorrow. You all got your homework, okay? Take it home. Think of the worst thing that you've ever seen brought to a Super Bowl party, and you bring it back to me, okay? Not the food itself, just what happened. <laughs> but right now, it's Sabres Blues this afternoon. The Sabres are in a real crossroads of what their season has been like, what it, what it has been, and what can be done about it. And the biggest question here is starting to turn into – what do the Sabres do about Casey Middlestat? If they wanted to keep him around, they would have signed him already. I think is really starting to become the, the crux of this conversation. Because the minute they could do it, they signed Cousins. They signed Thompson. They signed Samuelson. Dahlien and Power were obvious. You had to take care of those. But like you signed Matias Samuelson to a long-term deal. Like That means you want to keep him around as part of the core. If you're not choosing to do that with Casey Middlestat, well... There's some interesting crossroads that you're going to have to deal with. And I listened yesterday to um, to Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet, his uh, 32 Thoughts podcast, and there was a good eight-minute chunk about the Buffalo Sabres, particularly about what are they going to do with Casey Middlestat. And I know, ha- I know that Evan has these clips ready, raring to go, and I'm going to tee these things up, but it has become a question of what do the Sabres do with Casey Middlestat? And... Elliot Friedman goes into some of that in detail. So middle stat is at two and a half. He's a restricted free Arb. agent. He's got Arbrights and his counting stats are good. So, I mean, you know, you're going to have to pay him. He's a, he's got 42 points in 50 games. You know, you're going to have to pay him, but he's getting closer to UFA. You're basically at the bleep or get off the mm-hmm. pot stage. And the thing is there, Jeff, is if you're not going to pay him, He's not going to be happy. And that doesn't mean Casey Middlestat's a bad guy. But what it does mean is that he's going to look at everybody around him and say, all these guys got paid and I didn't. So you have if you're not going to pay him, you almost have to move him. And let's break that down a little bit because a lot of it's conjecture, but a lot of it's logic. It's not anything that's being reported. Sometimes what Friedman says is oftentimes a, uh, a very ear to the ground sort of thing these days, but... This seems like it's conjecture. It's more of looking at the reality of the situation. The Sabres do need to figure out what they're going to do with Middlestad. He does have restricted free agent status, so it's not like you lose him for nothing at the end of the season. But he does have arbitration, so he could demand something higher than the Sabres want to pay him for a year. But it's turning into, like he said, bleep or get off the pot. And... The Sabres are at a crossroads. They need to figure out what they're going to do and recognize who's going to be in the core. 
because another part of this is the prospects. And I don't know if uh, I don't know if we have that clip of uh, of Kalik, Rosine, all of them. We need to see what they're going to do. They don't have the room for everybody. And what does that do if the Sabers do trade Casey Middlestat? Say flipping him for a defensive upgrade, it gives them an opportunity to help move the cupboard along. But you look at Kulich, Rosen, Oslund, Wahlberg, Savoy. There's a lot of players here. And are they all going to play in Buffalo? Well, in a perfect world, you hope they do. But one of the other things you realize is not everybody can. And everybody gets there at different points. And that's the big thing. How annoyed were Sabres fans getting on the internet or otherwise that Oh, Noah Oslin had a great World Junior Tournament. Yeah, and? And that's really becoming the attitude here, and it's kind of justifiable. Uh, It doesn't matter if they're not going to play on the roster, and it's not going to matter, especially if there's no room for them to make the roster. Peyton Krebs continues to languish on the fourth line with Zemgis Gergensen, Eric Robinson, and sometimes Victor Olofsson. I just... There's not enough room right now, and the Sabres might need to start to do something to get rid of the logjam. Cousins has had a down year. But him with Quinn and Paterka is essentially your second line. Zach Benson can try to play more center if the situation calls upon it. If you were to trade Middlestat, you can bring up Yuri Kulik. You can bring up Isaac Razin. You, you can do these things with these prospects that you haven't been able to. Because what good is a full cupboard if you're not allowed to eat it? What good stock in the cupboard if I can't have it? And that's the problem that Kevin Adams is running into here. So it's going to become a critical offseason for them. Obviously, this season's a wash. Heck with it. There's only three players playing at, like, some form of above expectation. Ryan Johnson, JJ Paterka, Uka Pekalugan. Everyone else has regressed a bit. I could put Jack Quinn into this, but his season is effectively already over. And it's already over before it began, and that is unfortunate for a player of his skill because his team really was starting to find a little bit more of that offensive balance with Quinn in the lineup. But part of the reason that this season has gotten so frustrating for the Sabres also has to do with the fact that it's the way they're losing again. Last year, when they lost games, they at least had fun doing it. You had fun watching them do it. You saw them make these plays and sometimes have plays made against them that were dumbfounding. Exciting. Fast and loose. It was different in just that sense. And then it became different in the sense of they're legitimately in the wild card hunt until the final two games of the season. Eliminated in game 81. That's something we haven't seen in a very long time. And then to take such a step back because the general manager made sure to run it back with the same group and then bring in a worse third pair. Well, what did you expect to happen? Kevin Adams has an opportunity to try to undo the inaction. And that's going to be very important for this team. It's going to be very important for this group. 
what happens next. But one of the big questions you have to answer now is about Casey Middlestadt. And I'm starting to think if they wanted him around, they would sign him. If they really wanted him around as a core piece, they would have already signed him. Because there's still room under the cap to do this. You could still sign him to a long-term deal and not be worried about any of the potential issues. This isn't the Toronto Maple Leafs amount of money that we're throwing around here for the forward core. No, this is, you're not going to have to break the bank to sign Casey Middlestat to a long-term deal. So if the money makes sense, there's an opportunity to do it. You should have been doing it by now because you have a chance to negotiate it. And the team has a little bit more of that bargaining power, so maybe there's a bit of an impasse there. But I would really like it if they were able to finally make some decisions that can move the fans' needle of interest a little bit. Because we have that clip, I'm pretty sure, of Elliot Friedman talking about um, the atmosphere against Dallas in that game and, and how it really sounded. But it more or less hinted to, so we don't have that clip, but it hinted to it's not there. And you can tell when you're when you're at a game, it's not a very excitable place right now. It's very the energy sapped out. It's not as fun. Last year there was plenty of fun to have because they were fun, excitable, and playing above expectation. Now that there's expectations on this team and they're failing to meet them once again, it's turned into an attitude of same old sabers. Same old sabers, unfortunately, has turned into the longest playoff drought in the NHL. And it's history. It's weird. We are a fan base that got one thing out of this team during the playoff drought, and that was the tank. They successfully lost on purpose. But yet when it comes to winning on accident, they can't do that. It is the weirdest thing about this franchise. The fact that they were able to lose on purpose successfully still not get the player that they were really gunning for the whole time. And yet, when it comes to a league where half the teams make it every year, you can't even do that. And in the years where COVID cut the season short, more than half the teams are making it. And you still can't make that. Like, I'm a patience, patience, patience guy. You can't ask these fans to be any more patient. Like, that's one of the best hockey markets anywhere in the world. And my buddy said, you can feel it in the building. It's just, it's not there. He Basically, he said, this is not the way you should be experiencing hockey in Buffalo. And so you can't wait any longer. You can't tell these people, be patient. And that's kind of where we're at. There's plenty of apathy with Sabres fans right now, and I totally understand it. I have a job sitting in front of this microphone at the radio home of the Buffalo Sabres, and I will admit to all of you, I have not watched every single hockey game this year. And I feel for Brian. I feel for Paul. They have to cover this every game. This team continues to baffle the mind that you can't win on accident. The Montreal Canadiens made the Stanley Cup final. And they were butt cheeks. 
and you can't even make the playoffs? Sometimes with expanded fields? It just... No matter the changes that are made, it still seems to be this cycle of insanity and almost uselessness. And I'm going to the game today. What is wrong with me? (laughs) That's because Brayton asked me to go, so I said yes. (laughs) I haven't seen Brayton in a minute, so... But any one of us that's going to that game, like, we're sickos in the truest sense of the word because you just want to see them actually do well. And at some point, it's going to be proud dad or proud uncle or proud mom, proud aunt of just like, oh, you finally did it. You made it to the playoffs. Who's that right in front of you? The buzzsaw known as Boston? Ah, it was fun. It's almost where we were last year. I mean, what? when are we going to get to a point where, like, half of the teams in the NHL make the playoffs? Exactly what I, I said. I, yep. I think I, that's what probably uh, frustrates me the most. It's not like you the can't win on accident. One, one through eight, it gives you an opportunity. Now, I don't really like how the playoffs are i kind of wish that it was 1 through 8 again so but our own pat malacaro texted me by the way and i love his wisdom and i love this stuff from him pat and brian they bring some of the best out in having to cover a team like this look at edmonton missing playoffs 12 of 13 years collecting number 1 overall picks um yeah agreed the sabers should have made it by now but um that was a outcome of the tank era we've got pat Let's get Pat. Why not? Let's let's have some fun here. Um, at least then I'm not dealing with my own insecurities about this hockey team alone, and Pat can help me. Hi, Derek. Hey, Pat. I'm I'm, I'm listening faithfully here from the Ted Darling Memorial Puss Box right now. I, I I like all of our listeners. I have to apologize to you and all of them. <laughs> Self depreciating humor. It's what I'm about, Pat. I so, the Sabers, though, it is this. It's a strange thing, but I heard a lot about um, – there was a good amount of thoughts from Elliot Friedman on the 32 Thoughts podcast, Pat. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to get your thoughts uh, on Casey Middlestat and what the um, – kind of what the Sabres could or should be doing here with a center that has been probably the most consistent player of the season offensively, not named J.J. Paterka, and also what – should they do about his contract status? Yeah, I I think the the clip that you played is about as as good as you could explain it. Look, you're looking at a player like Casey Middlestat that has been maybe pro, your pro, most productive playmaker of the season, and and he's doing it from a spot. Forty two points leads the team, and, and I know that uh, Darlene is right there in the mix. You've got a couple of play, other players in the mid thirties, but right now Casey Middlestat is on pace to have more assists this year than he did last year. And last year was a, a very good season for him. So I think you have to decide. It, it, can Casey Middlestat, there's, there's a log jam in front of him in terms of you, you've got Tage Thompson, you've got Dylan Cousins. And you know someone like Peyton Krebs to me is an interesting player for this conversation because going into the year, I was expecting Krebs to maybe take a jump in terms of points this year because of how well he played last year with Gergensen's in Oposo. And I understand 
that line has basically been together for most of the year or when there's been injuries, you know, Eric Robinson has been there as well. But Peyton Krebs hasn't taken that step, and he was such a key piece of that Jack Eichel trade with the Golden Knights. I at least want to know what I've gotten Peyton Krebs going forward. So uh, it, it unlocks a few options for you for Kevin Adams because, yeah, the, the $2.5 million this year for, for Casey Middlestad is not a lot. You're right. I was As you were talking, I looked up Cap Friendly, and you know, as of this moment, no, there's no goalie uh, – now, save Devin Levi for this conversation, but the, of the two goalies on the roster, they don't. neither of them are signed for next year. Uh, Uko Pekalukin is an RFA. So there's some money that has to be spent next year, but there's a way if you want to invest long-term in Casey Middlestat, you can. But when you take it into the whole picture of who's in front of him in terms of your top centers on the team, who's behind him, and who could be coming up, like you, you rightly point out, you can't have all these players in the NHL either, but some of them, you're also going to have to find out what you have from your top prospects. So uh, it's a, it's an interesting spot, I think, for Kevin Adams to be in and for a team that is going to need to go on uh, a run like I mentioned Edmonton. The Oilers did. Now, there's because because of a head coaching change, but you almost have to go on a run like that to leapfrog teams and make up those 10 points uh, in the process of the teams around you. It's it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, and you bring up Peyton Krebs, and I, I for one, would love to see him with line mates on a more consistent basis that aren't of... And look, there are places for a Zemgis Gergensons and an yes. Eric Robinson to be on an NHL roster. But I would like to see Krebs, whose biggest uh, scouting positive was his playmaking ability, to have other mouths to feed that aren't uh, fourth-line fixtures in the National Hockey League on a consistent basis. I agree, and that that's to me part of this conversation when we talk about you know what does Kevin Adams decide to do with with his front office in Casey Middlestat because of that playmaking ability of Krebs, and, and again I'll go back to he was such a, an important piece of that trade with with the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Sabers saw something in Peyton Krebs other than just a guy who. Uh, and you're right. I mean, there is a place for Zemgus Gergensen's Eric Robinson. I love the the, the leadership that Kyle Oposo brings to the team and and that added scoring. But I also want to see Krebs on a, a, a higher line just to see if what the Sabres saw in him scouting-wise to acquire him in that trade is what we're going to see on the ice from him in the NHL. And that, to me, is still this wide-open question that we still don't have the answer to. Yeah, and it's not just Krebs, of course. We talk about Yuri Kulik and Isaac Rosane and uh, Noah Osland has entered the conversation now as another prospect that still has not seen a Buffalo Sabres sweater, and it, it just turns into a logjam thing where with Casey Middlestead, it's almost like this weird damned-if-you-do, damned-if-you-don't-sign-him thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also you can look at the positive side of it, of it's good if you do sign him or it's good if you trade him, and you can look at the different options of it. If you move Middlestead, that gives not just a potential for a roster upgrade or um, acquiring more in order to uh, possibly bolster your defense, maybe. Uh, but also, it allows opportunities for a Krebs, for a Kulik, for Rosane to actually make this roster and get an extended look, like you just said, about um, your high-end prospects. They need to see what they've got. Yeah, and I also would qualify it by, by saying I, I don't think because Casey Middlestead is on pace. He had such a, a, a high offensive output year last year, didn't take a step back this year. I don't 
think of it as, well, if Casey Middlestat gets that contract from the Sabres, then he's going to regress. I I still think there's a, a ceiling that he can still reach that's beyond what, what he's playing at this year. But, uh, again, you're right. If you if you want to see what your prospects have, and, um, you know, look, it, it's almost like last year where the Sabres stood pat at the trade deadline and they decided we want to see what how our players react in these situations. Well, you want to see how some of these younger players in the system react in the NHL. They've been playing against uh, players in in the AHL that whether it be, you know, veterans that are trying to get back to the NHL that, you know, really try and, you know, really press the play and are very hard to play against in a, in a very physical style. And now you get to the NHL and are you able to mix the skill and, and the physicality of the game uh, at this level? I would like to see that too. So I, I think you're right. And it's the, I, I don't think you can make the wrong decision other than if you don't, if, if you decide to make a trade, you just have to get those trade pieces right. Yeah, it's about the return, I think, if you do trade him. And I think every Sabres fan, I could, I could probably speak for a good amount of them, if it's picks and prospects coming back, that's something that not a lot of people will be okay with. And I guess it, it comes to our conversation of how many – prospects can you have in the organization before you have to start moving them around so you know you can you can add as many draft picks and uh, it comes back to a conversation would you like to have a player on your team that you know what you're getting or you are you a, the type of general manager fan uh, you know scout that is excited by the idea of what a the potential of a draft pick could be because of how they played in juniors or in college and what they project out. You know, there's always different thought, schools of thought, and a lot of it has to do with where your franchise is in terms of their uh, their growth and, and their playoff potential. But you know, it's it can be a hard sell for for a team that continues to stockpile picks. And look, one of the reasons why was there wasn't really much in the cupboard to speak, so to speak, uh, five or six years ago going into. Um, this now mm-hmm. long of a drought but now that there is a, a lot of depth in terms of forwards at least in the prospect pool is that something else you want to add even more to by making a, a trade uh so pat are, are you and brian available to do this one more segment I will be here. Yes. Pat will be here. So there we go. We, we've got ourselves, uh, like I said, this is a shoot from the hip uh, Sports Talk Saturday uh, for, for a nice little hour. So Pat and I will be back with you on, on the other side here as Sports Talk Saturday rolls on. Pat Malacaro live from KeyBank Center. Derek Kramer here in the Amherst studios as we do a little Sabres pre-pregame here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.